0: Hello and welcome to another episode of our Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We are the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared.
1: And I'm Ethan. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the credo of tenacity. Tenacity is a word uh, that doesn't get used very much. It's kind of an interesting word, but... uh, We're going to dive into it. We're going to learn how it uh, applies to uh, our own personal creeds, what we've learned about it, and and maybe some of the things that that, uh, we are going to do to be more tenacious in our lives. So this is going to be a good one. All right, let's do it.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. The most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.
1: Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice.
0: When you said Tenacious like that, I just couldn't help but think of Tenacious D. Tenacious D.
1: Dude, you know what? They were in Charlotte uh, like pro- probably three months ago. Oh, really? And uh, I, uh, somebody had offered me a couple tickets hmm. to to go see them. And I was like, man. But I, I had a, I had
0: something going on that night, uh,
1: and I wasn't able to go. But I was like, dude, if I could got those tickets, Jared and I would have.
0: Yeah, man, that would be cool. I was like, uh, my boys, uh, they... Saw so Mario movie, obviously, right? Hey, which by the way, the Mario movie is our most list. the Mario uh movie review that we did is our most yeah. listened to episode this this basically this whole year. Five hundred and twenty-six really? downloads. Yeah. Nice. Episode uh one hundred thirty six. So pretty good. Followed by episode one hundred five. Exploring the Samurai Code, Seven Virtues of Bushido. Ooh, Bushido! So that was a good one. Followed oh, was going? Followed by Child Prodigy, number oh, episode 106. one hundred six. So you know, people are going back through the catalog, man. They're like, "Hey, these guys are these guys are dope," and they're going back. <laughs> oh man, I <laughs> go hit some of these other episodes. That's right. So, yeah. uh, cool. So yeah, but I thought I would share that. But what you what you been up to recently? You know, you know what really grinds my gears? What's that? Dude.
1: All right, so we got a um smelly
0: people in the workplace?
1: No. Yeah, that's a whole different topic. <laughs> um no. Dude, I I I have this car, right? It's um it is a, a Chevy Traverse that we have. Uh we've had it for about 8 years. Um, and it's been a great car for us, but then, um, but then it wasn't, (laughs) well, no, about, uh, I don't know, eight months ago or so, the check engine light came on and it started not running quite right. And, and it was, uh, uh, it was just kind of felt like it was kind of losing power and stuff. Um, it still would drive and everything, but. We we were in the market for a new car anyway, so we actually bought a a, a new car. Uh, well, not brand new car, a new car to us. Um, and we've been driving that one. My wife's been driving that one. It's uh, actually a a new a newer Traverse, a 2019 Traverse versus the other one, which is a 2012. Um, and it's great. We love it. But that's the right the car that my wife drives around, and so I've been driving around this this other this older one, and it's a 2012, and uh, it's got a hundred and 87,000 miles on it, which is quite a bit of miles. Mm -hmm. Um, but I couldn't get it registered because it has the freaking check engine light on North Carolina. You have emissions to, uh, uh, you have to pass emissions to get your, um, inspection to go and re-register the vehicle. And so I was like, well, you know, I could figure this out. And so I, I, Worked on it. I I did a couple different things to it, and uh, the check engine light didn't go off. And so, you know, I had the had pulled the codes and everything, and it, it the code is actually a, a catalytic converter code. And mm-hmm. so, I actually took it to a shop, and I had them go through it, and they said, "Oh, well, you need a brand new catalytic converter. You need new O2 sensors, and one other thing." And I was like, and that's going to make the code turn off, right? And the guy was like, oh, yeah, that's your problem. That's your problem. And so he's going to charge me like $1,400 to do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I actually went, you know, I, I, I like to consider myself, uh, I dabble. You know, I tinker. And so I was like, um, hey, I'm going to I'm gonna go online. I'm going to buy an, an OEM um uh, catalytic converter oh you didn't from- just go
0: saw it off from under a car in a parking yeah. lot somewhere
1: yeah for for like it from a reputable site like it <laughs> had thousands of reviews right so i did that and i bought it for several hundred dollars uh and then i went out and i re- and i bought the you know two sensors and i replaced it myself um and everything was good i watched a bunch of videos on it the exact same car and how to do it and um you know i had the the the, the tools that i had and i did it and uh replaced it Okay. Well, do you think that made the check engine light go off?
0: No way. No. (laughs) Oh, it did. Well,
1: it did. It did for about 95 miles, and then the freaking thing came back on.
0: Oh, gosh.
1: And then I was like, what the heck? So I went went through and kind of like hours of research more, and they're like, oh, well, maybe um, the issue is actually a lot of times if you have like a misfire and a bad cylinder, you got bad spark plugs, then it will... um, cause you to have like an improper mixture of gas and air in the the intake and then that will throw off your o2 sensors and make you make it look like you have a bad catalytic converter i was like okay all right well i'll change all the spark plugs I, I, i pulled all the spark plugs and replaced all the spark plugs actually i did that with my oldest son and he freaking loved it oh yeah he had so much fun and it was it was actually really cool and i got to like Explain to him the whole time about this is what this does, and this is what that does. And nice. And let let him get his, his fingers dirty. And so uh, he's got smaller hands than I do, so it's actually <laughs> kinda helpful. You
0: don't need one of those little like reacher pins that grabs the spark plugs. You just have him like a a <laughs> nine year old take their little hand down there and twist it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um so it replaced all that. And then after that, it it actually did feel like it was driving better. Um but it uh Code still was there. No, I actually I, I cleared the codes and it drove for about another you know 60 miles and then the freaking check engine light came on again. Same catalytic converter code. Hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? And so then I go through and I I find out that oh well sometimes if you have an evap leak in your system, then that can cause a similar issue and it can cause a false code. And so I went through and I did all these tests on the evap system. And found out that my purge valve was not properly uh it was not working right. So what? I went to freaking O'Reilly's and bought a purge valve and I replaced the purge
0: valve. What is the evap system? Is that
1: so yeah, so basically it's and and don't freaking quote me on this because I don't know what, what I'm talking about, but um there is uh, vapor that is not completely burned off whenever in the ignition. Okay. And so some of that vapor needs somewhere to escape and so passes kind of through the purge valve of the the evap system which actually goes through and it has actually a return back to the to the gas tank. Okay. Um and so if you have a leak in that then it can cause um things to mess up, I guess, and the car not to run properly. Interesting. Um, cuz it's getting improper mixture. So replace the purge valve, and then that seemed like the car was running a little bit better, but then, you know, freaking check engine light came back on, or it was still on, didn't go off. Um, And so I found there's a a different part of the EVAP EVAP system that has a little, um, I can't remember what it's called, it's called like a, a a CV valve or CP valve or something like that, that... I looked up in this YouTube, uh, several different YouTube videos, and people were saying, oh, this, on this year of Traverse, it's, uh, you know, the, the holes in this valve are too small, and and, and it, they get clogged up, and it'll make your engine run poorly, and it'll throw all different kinds <laughs> of codes. And so there was this fix where you take that valve out, and you drill out some of the holes to make them a little bit bigger, and then put it back in, and, and I did that, and it was kind of dirty, right? It was clogged up a little bit, but... Do you think that fixed it? No. Nope. And I'm just like, dude, I'm seriously about to put 10 pounds of Tannerite in this thing and just freaking drive it out to a field
0: and blow it up. Just pull a Walter White and just put a rag in the gas can <laughs> and blow the thing up. Well, I sent you that video, man, about all those uh, traverses that on that TikTok video about all those traverses that their engines yeah. are garbage. Yeah.
1: But that was that was for people that had like 80,000 miles or 100,000 yeah, Man, up you. Miles Maybe it just it it it. finally caught up to you. Maybe it just finally caught up to you. Yeah, maybe. So but I don't know. Should, I think. Maybe what about selling
0: it, that car, then sell your other car, then buy a, buy a just one, sell two cars and buy one car.
1: Yeah, which is, which is probably what I'll do, but I hate selling a car with a check engine light on because it's like, you're never going to get as much. And yeah. if I have a car that works, all I need to get to is from A to B, which is work, which is, you know, six miles away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so I think it's just I think it's just the uh, you know the 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 cheap in me it's like you know you have something that works well kind of works and uh, uh, so the question is how long you've been riding to pull the trigger.
0: how long have you been riding dirty from the cops without expired registration uh
1: it's been about 11 months <laughs> <laughs> Hey oh, what? I, I've, I've got 11 it's got months It's got it's got insurance on it
0: Oh gosh man Dude, you're pushing your luck, man.
1: I know, pushing um, it. But and and actually, it was it was uh like four months ago. My wife got in a little fender bender type thing uh with another car, and she was driving that car. Mm-hmm. And um, whenever. The, the the cops came and it was, there was a little bit of scrape on our car, maybe a little bit of fender damage to the, to the other car. Um, but the, uh, my, it was my wife. She was there and, and the cop took the license and registration, and everything to write the report. And when he gave her the registration back, he was like, uh, ma'am, you need to get that fixed.
0: Oh geez. Yeah.
1: And she was like, oh yeah, I know we're trying to figure out this check engine light thing. And he was like, yeah, I get it, but just get it fixed. <laughs> um, and we're like, I'm freaking trying, man. Dude. But at this point, it's almost like it, it's it's not out of necessity. It is almost out of I will not be defeated by tenacity. this freaking check engine
0: light. Tenacity.
1: Yeah, I've got this tenacity. I've got this like resolve in me that's like, I am not going to let this car beat me. And so there's there's two more things that I'm gonna try. Um it might be the intake manifold gasket is cracked, and so uh, I'm gonna check that, and then a couple of things. And if it doesn't work out, then I'm just gonna hmm. I'm gonna give up the ghost, and I'm gonna move on.
0: But yeah, well, you know, sometimes you just gotta. Sometimes that was I, a whole
1: that was a really long story to say that I'm stubborn.
0: So, sometimes uh, things like that, I get you know down the road, and I'm like. I should have just paid the fourteen hundred dollars. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I want to save myself well, hundreds of paid, hours of research the same thing. and work. if I paid the
1: guy fourteen hundred bucks and then he resets the check engine light and it's gonna come back on in 90 miles and then I'm gonna and then I'm gonna call him and say, Hey, the check engine lights back on. He'll to say, Oh, well, you know, sometimes that's not what it is, sometimes it's something else, and he's gonna charge me another fourteen hundred bucks. And then he's gonna do all the things that I've been doing until he finds the problem.
0: Yeah, it's true.
1: Except for he's gonna charge me a hundred times more than it's cost me, and and I feel like I've actually learned a ton through the process, which has kind of been fun. Yeah. I like to tinker. Yeah. Uh, frustrating and fun at the same time.
0: Yeah, that's true. Well, hey, but hey, glad you're making progress on it, and uh, hopefully, uh, it's maybe you know before too long you'll have a brand new car. <laughs> yeah.
1: Seriously, we're freaking replace every piece of that thing. <laughs> no, it just makes me want to uh uh go out and I was watching this thing on TikTok today and it was this guy and he was standing there and he was like, you know, this is a this is a brand new 2024 um Dodge Ram 3500 Cummins diesel. This is a $130,000 truck or whatever he said. Yeah. And then he goes, you know, the only reason the only reason why I can afford this is because I franchised this certain business. And um, and he's like, you know, you could franchise this business, too. And the first year of franchising this business, you could afford this truck, too. He's like in the first year franchising this business, I made one hundred (laughs) thousand dollars. I was like, it's like, dude. You can afford a hundred you can afford the payment on a hundred and thirty thousand dollar truck on a hundred thousand dollar salary I was like dude I could barely afford groceries <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, he probably doesn't have any kids he doesn't have any any uh he's probably renting a place uh he's eating beans for dinner and he's like oh I got this cool truck you know so he can impress his dates and then yeah, he brings him back funny. His, his it back to there'ss he probably
1: he probably just went into some random parking lot, saw a nice truck, and just took a video, made a video in front of it. I don't believe anything I see online. But. Oh
0: no, dude! No, totally. Yeah, uh, I I also have a failed uh, project recently that I am ashamed of. Mm. I'm embarrassed every time I see it. I'm embarrassed. Uh, just like the so the, I I tried to do this this part of my back patio. So out of my back door, I wanted to extend the patio a little bit. Uh, to make a little bit of a grill area, uh, I'm going to put in a bar, uh, just a little countertop outside. So we can, you know, put some appetizers on there and just mm-hmm. maybe have some uh, some folks over. And maybe during the summertime, we like to let the kids play in the, we have like a little uh, slide thing uh, that the kids will play in. So it's, it'll be nice to have a little bit of extra room on the patio. So I'm like, you know what, I, I keep seeing all this stuff on, on social, on on tiktok i've done some research on youtube and stuff about this dry pour concrete uh method oh yeah dry pour is different than a wet pour uh as you can imagine a wet pour is like traditional you mix it with the concrete with water right in a mixer or with in a bucket and then you put it down takes a lot of work especially if you're doing a kind of a big area like a patio right
1: so yeah. are you just doing the, the left side of the door when you go Yeah, out the door? yeah, just the
0: left side okay. kind of you know where I'd already mapped it out, right? Yeah. With yeah. the old retaining wall. Where
1: you fill, you put that fill dirt there.
0: Yeah. So I put the fill dirt in. I figured, okay, I want like a three inch slab, three, four inch slab, four about a four inch slab is what I was gaming for. Uh and then I went and bought six 80 eighty pound bags of concrete. Carried, oh, them to, to, carried them to the back I take two trips back and forth to Lowe's because I was like dude my truck is loaded down um, luckily I, I live close but uh, took them all to the backyard undid them all and this was the kind of had like the gravel in it you know and yeah. so and then I kind of laid it out uh, but the thing is is that it was difficult like I was trying to do the I bought the stuff to do the edges you know all nice kind of like a seam you know the thing is is that the the edges it like put in, trying to edge powder concrete it's just yeah, like i was gonna say trying to edge i didn't, know you, edge could, I didn't know you could
1: do edges and in, in, in uh, seams on dry pores
0: it's just like trying to do powder you're basically just packing a little bit of it down and so i was trying to do that and it was like really hard because you had these like rock pieces that were all in it right there's like all these little pieces of gravel and the and then like i was like and then you're supposed to like smooth it over with a rolling like a paint roller right so I tried to do that but it just really ended up picking up all the powder leaving all these rocks exposed on top so I got it to where a spot where I thought it was kind of acceptable and I've been working mind you I've been I started like Saturday morning at like 9 o'clock and I've been doing this all day so I put the thing in and I got it to where I I thought the surface was pretty decent and you have to do a mist on it first to kind of create like a crust on top and then you mist it let it dry for an hour, mist it, let it dry for an hour, and then you kind of water it more heavily to kind of soak it through so that it gets hard. Uh, and so I misted it, and then I came back, and I was kind of like, oh, okay, it's still you know a little bit powdery, and then I misted it again. Mind you, this time it's like 5, 6 o'clock at night. It's getting dark. And so I had misted it, and then I waited an hour or so, but it's in the shade, and it's at night, so it's not really drying right. And so I went out, and this was like, two, three hours later after I had done my first initial mist, and I'm like, okay, now I'm gonna just water a little bit more. And so I water it and then like I'm it's dark. I have kind of an outside light on. I can kind of see. And then like I've noticed that like I'm kind of looking at it and I noticed like some of the rocks are like moving. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shoot. <laughs> I'm freaking spraying this thing and like ruining the surface. And so like some of the More sur- mist. More mist. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, oh, but I freaking blew it, and I was like cursing myself because I was like, I the droplets from like the water because I just turned it to like a showerhead type of a stream instead of a mist, and it kind of like got off the powder from the top that kind of crust layer that I was trying to build, uh, and then it was kind of exposed to all these like little rocks, all these pebbles and stuff. So eh, at the end of the day, it dried and it's looks like it's just you know, there's like all these little exposed rocks that are chipping off and all this kind of stuff. And the nice neat edges that I had edged, you know, there's other rocks and stuff that had fallen into it from when I was spraying it. And it just looks like garbage. It looks like an amateur did it, which it I am an amateur. I mean,
1: that's by the definition. And so
0: I feel dumb because I'm just like, ah man, I should take more time. And it's like, this is freaking concrete. It's not like you can do it twice. And so I'm thinking about just going to buy like an outdoor carpet from like Lowe's or something, and just putting it over it. I mean, it's still it's solid; you can stand on it, right? <laughs> but yeah. maybe I'll just cover it with like a carpet or something like that, and that'll be the end of the day. I wonder
1: if there's any like um, you could do um, like a
0: resurfacer or
1: something like that. Yeah, like a very you can do like this very thin type um, uh, quick set stuff, and just do like a almost like a scalp over the top. It's like a self-leveling thin set.
0: Yeah, I've looked at that, but I heard that those don't stay very well. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. I just whenever I'm filling up water at the refrigerator, I just look out on my patio, and I'm just like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that's uh, that's the challenge that I'm uh, working through right now. I just gotta buy a carpet. Then I'll be like, "Oh, that looks nice." <laughs> yeah. Oh man, this is nice and firm under this carpet. Yeah. Hey, it is firm. It is firm. I will say that. So. That's good, at least you know. Well, let's get into you tenacity. You, you could say you tried. I tried yeah, you, you, you. tenacity. I was I was tenacious about it, and and even though yeah. I didn't like the outcome, I was still tenacious about it. I was like, hey, you know what? I can do this myself. I don't have to pay someone three grand to come do this. I can do it myself for four hundred bucks. For like, no, it wasn't four hundred. It was like see, each bag of concrete it was like two hundred fifty bucks, which yeah. is which is a pretty good day coming out of Lowe's for two hundred fifty bucks for a project. It's a pretty good day.
1: That's true. That's true. Maybe next time. Get a wheelbarrow.
0: I had a wheelbarrow. <laughs> Try to no, no. Oh, you're no, talking about I'm mixing it in a wheelbarrow.
1: I've mix it in a wheelbarrow before. I tried to do a wet pour. I don't know if that would have made it easier or harder. I don't know.
0: Harder probably, but it would have come out yeah. better at the end. Maybe, but but so
1: yeah. So I would just say tenacity. I mean, for me, like I said at the beginning, it's kind of a weird word that I don't think is used a whole lot. Um, but. From a definition standpoint, it refers to the quality or attribute of being persistent, determined, and unyielding in the face of challenges, obstacles, and difficulties. Hmm. So so I I always like to say, to look up like in a thesaurus, okay, this specific word, what are some other words that kind of mean the same thing? And it helps me understand a little bit more. So some of those words were uh, persistent, determination, perseverance, resilience— endurance uh, resolve grit stamina courage fortitude uh, toughness and diligence nice so yeah
0: i was like man tenacity is kind of a cool word can mean a lot of different things so you want me to tell you yeah absolutely you want me to you my favorite story of tenacity yes so have you ever heard of someone called hannibal not Hannibal Lecter. Not Hannibal Hector. Yeah,
1: <laughs> like elephants. Hannibal. Yeah.
0: So, Hannibal of Carthage. So I love the story of Hannibal. So he was a, he was, you know, a brave guy. He was an outstanding leader, uh, and his men were like super loyal to him. Uh, he assembled an army of ninety thousand foot soldiers, a cavalry of twelve thousand horses and men. Right, uh, and then. He had 37 war elephants, and at this time, during the Second Punic War against Rome, he, the Carthi- Carthaginians, which he was a military commander for, for, the, for Carthage, uh, Hannibal Barca, B-A-R-C-A, uh, he was going to march to Rome to uh, take Rome. So this is the infamous crossing of the Alps. Uh, and it's basically one of the most remarkable historical examples of tenacity, you could say. And and strategic brilliance as well. So the year is 218 BC. Uh, and Hannibal has decided to take the unconventional route of crossing the Alps to surprise the Romans and wage war on their home territory. So the... Romans had kind of blocked off all of the passageways along the coast. So he's like, All right, I'm taking the mountains. They won't ever see me coming through the mountains. So the journey was fraught with challenges, harsh weather, difficult terrain, uh, consistent, the constant threat of attack, right? They actually did get attacked by a couple of local tribes. And the logistics of, of moving this type of an army over the mountain range is just incredible, including elephants uh, through this snowy, rugged terrain. Uh, one of the famous quotes that is an example of tenacity to me that from coming from Hannibal is he said, we will either find a way or make one. So I love that. It's kind of like Ethan's like, I will either fix my car or I will force, I will just smash the the light so that it doesn't come on.
1: <laughs> Break the check engine lights <laughs> behind the dash.
0: I will take the bulb out of the check engine light. <laughs> uh, it kinda so-
1: reminds me it kinda reminds me of uh you remember the um the winter war the oh yeah the against the the, the fans against the Fins, yeah. the the Russians and they said uh what was the quote it said um they are so many and we are so few no uh this is, um It's like, there are so many, and we are so few. Where will we find space to... Oh, no, no, it says, there are so many, and our country is so small. Where will we find space to bury them all? Ooh. Yeah, that's what it is.
0: And then it goes...
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's tenacity.
0: Yeah, that's right. So a little bit more on the story of Hannibal. So despite all these obstacles, he displayed this extraordinary tenacity and leadership to do all this. And he adapted his his strategy to navigate uh, the ever-changing conditions uh, that came before him in this war and also in, by traversing the Alps. Uh, and that really inspired his troops to press on. And actually when they came out of the Alps, they had lost quite a few troops. In fact, I think that he lost most of his elephants. I think he came out with, uh, it was less than 10 elephants. There's a lot of rumor, uh, or or, not rumor, but there's, this story has been, obviously it was a long time ago, right? 218 BC. So it's become almost a legend. Uh, So there's not, there is some historical writings about this, but it's kind of just like, eh, we think it was this. But they say that he probably came out with uh, very few elephants and I'm sure an
1: elephant could feed a lot of
0: people. Yeah. And pretty hard to uh to traverse the mountains. I just think about the scene from, you know, uh Lord of the Rings when they're like hiking through the snow and they're just like, We can't go through this pass, you know? And it's just like, We're gonna have to go through the mountain, the mines of Moria, you know? So I w- always yeah. think of of the difficulty of passing through the mountain pass. And so Anyway, he's a powerful example of that tenacity and he caught the Romans off guard, man, and and uh he was his persistence and his boldness really was a military achievement lauded through the decades and through the centuries, uh millennia uh since 218 BC we're still talking about this bold man. So uh pretty cool. Did
1: uh did he end up defeating the Romans or didn't they end up beating him? Didn't he end
0: up losing? uh it was kind of a turning point in the second punic war and they did he did lose a lot and he did it, he he lost he won a battle or two but then he did lose some battles uh so it was he kind of head back home after that i think n- not using the the alps as a route mm. but yeah. it yeah. was uh tenacious to say the least regardless of whether he won or got whooped
1: <laughs> yeah well no for sure um i mean completely agree uh i actually my my uh, story of of tenacity or being tenacious also was a war story um but uh have you ever heard of the group called the rough riders
0: Oh, those are the guys that go around with the BB guns and chew people in the eye?
1: <laughs> no, those are the Red Riders. Oh. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, that's a different group.
1: Yeah, di- different group. Uh, yeah, so the, the Rough Riders were... Um, they were a group of men that was put together and led by uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yeah. And... um basically it was a, it was a volunteer cavalry regiment led by at the time Colonel Theodore Roosevelt not yet president Theodore Roosevelt um but they were they played a massive role in the Battle of San Juan Hill during the Spanish-American War it was fought in Cuba and so um, the, the, the Americans were assisting the Cubans in their liberation against the Spanish, and um, the United States was involved in that as well. So uh, things were not going well, and so Teddy Roosevelt decided to gather a big old group of good old boys and go down to Cuba and help in the war aff- efforts. What year uh, is this? Volu- voluntarily. This is...
0: 1898. Oh, late 1800s, the end of the cowboy era. Yep. So,
1: um, on July 1st, 1898, American forces, including the Rough Riders, uh, so there were some American forces as well, um, they faced in the entrenched Spanish position on Kettle Hill and San Juan Hill in, in Cuba. So it's basically these these big hills that the Spanish had and they were entrenched hardcore at the tops of these hills. And, uh, if you've ever watched star Wars, right? Obi-Wan Kenobi had the high ground. Of course. And we all know, we all know what happens
0: when you underestimate my power.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I've got the high ground, right? (laughs) You lose your arms and you lose your legs
0: and you get burnt Um, to crisp.
1: Yeah. So, uh, it was definitely something that was, it was a daunting task to take these hills, but they were like pivotal points in the the war. And so the Rough Riders, consisting of a a diverse mix of cowboys, ranchers, college athletes, and other volunteers, (laughs) were uh, very eager to prove themselves. Um, So... Uh, the 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 American forces started to uh, advance, and the Rough Riders found themselves really they they ascending the San Juan Hill specifically, um, which was well fortified and entrenched with Spanish soldiers. So they came up against uh, rifle fire coming down the hill, machine gun fire coming down the hill. The terrain itself was very rugged, super thick. Uh, thick vegetation barbed wire would they had uh, barbed wire all around the hill as well obstructing the the rough riders path up this hill um so despite all these odds colonel roosevelt was tenacious and fortified and he actually charged the hill and led the the the, the rally on horseback and he he encouraged his men and he spurred his men on and he was kind of just the personal example of leadership and tenacity uh, in the face of what was, I mean, a very dangerous situation. I mean, and I think back, some of these people being president and stuff like that, I mean, can you imagine, uh, I'm just going to say any president in general. I mean, not, not even current president or past president, but just having like that type of, of, of experience and fighting for your country would just build like a love and a loyalty, especially in these days that, um, you know, I just feel like we don't have today.
0: Uh, no, I mean, no, definitely but, absent in many ways,
1: but I digress, right? So they're charging up this hill and, um, they, end up getting to about three-quarters to the top of the hill, and it turns to hand-to-hand combat. The battle was fierce. They There was no more... I mean, I'm sure there was shooting, but it was close-quarters contact.
0: Juan on Juan, if you will? Yeah, yeah mano
1: mo, mono y mano. Uh, Juan on American, <laughs> if you will. Um, and so... Eventually, they got to the crest of the hill. They over to the Rough Riders, along with uh, some of the American units. They even the uh, college up, athletes, and even the college athletes and them cowboys, uh, ended up taking the uh, actual cowboys, not like Dallas Cowboys football players. Um, they took the hill. They were victorious, and that was a a huge turning point in that war. Uh, so I just think that not only Teddy Roosevelt's uh, tenacity, but the tenacity of the men that were were led by him and the the desire and a voluntary basis to make a change and to do something I think was an example example of grit, stamina, fortitude, toughness, right endurance, resilience, all those all those, uh, um the thesaurus words the oh, yeah. synonyms that we went through at the beginning uh definitely it was a story that whenever i thought tenacity i, I instantly looked this one up
0: i like that one Ten- tenacity is such a good uh a good one even in the face of of you know possible defeat or you know discouragement these guys carried on and oftentimes it, you have to have this like irrational desire to just prove yourself or uh even 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 beyond capability you look at some of these guys talk about seal teams and the buds you know hell week and all this kind of stuff and they say that oftentimes the guys that get through aren't the big strong guys it's the you know guys that have the mental fortitude to just suffer through it they have the tenacity to suffer through it the pain and suffering uh even though they may not be the strongest and so it's such a Important characteristic that uh, is important to be reminded of. I'm reminded of it uh, on vacation when my son, when my youngest son wakes up at four thirty in the morning and stays up until uh, nine o'clock at night, and I'm like, man, the tenacity of that little one to just be awake. <laughs> <laughs> the tenacity it takes not to strangle.
1: Him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Maybe that's more of reserve. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, obviously, I love this uh, attribute for uh, or credo for your personal creed. Apply it, apply it in combination with other things. Be tenacious about being humble. Be tenacious about being diligent. Be tenacious about being steadfast uh, and being thoughtful or any of the other things that we've talked about, um, these credos, play in with each other. And the more you mix and match, the better you're, you're going to be off. So with that, thank you for joining us today. And let's build our creed together. All right, let's do it.